Thank you for joining us today for All in Men's Movement with your hosts, Pastor J-Man and Mark Stroud. Thank you so much for joining us in today's broadcast. We know it's going to be a rich blessing to you. So my friends, call a neighbor, call a friend, share this podcast because they are really going to be blessed. Send it to the man that you love in your life. This men's ministry is going all around the world. And now, here's your host, Pastor J-Man. Hello, everyone. All right, everybody. All right, Pastor, today the Lord has put something on your heart. Of course, we're talking about being all in. And he showed you something about the book of Revelation. That's right. I have a covenant group that I meet with once a month at my house. We had a gathering last night. And about a week ago, I received a devotional via email. I don't even remember who the devotional came from, but it was uh, an excerpt from Revelation. And then there's also an excerpt in there from Hebrews uh, that I'll share with you. But it led me down this trail. I believe last time we got together, we talked about Acts where Eutychus was straddling the windowsill. And, the, right. and I believe the reason he fell was because he wasn't all the way in. He was halfway in and halfway out. And as I'm reading this devotional from Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 talks about you're neither hot nor cold. And I thought, wow, what an interesting parallel between being hot or cold or being all the way in or all the way out. But I think there is a common place that we all tend to rest, and that's in the middle. So there's really three places I believe that um, as Christians, more especially men, that we're in one of those three places in our life. We're either hot all the way in, we're cold all the way out, or we're somewhere in the middle. I honestly believe, myself included from time to time, even as a pastor, I know that's hard to believe. There's a lot of folks that think, you know, you're beamed down from heaven on Sunday <laughs> before you preach a message and you don't deal with the same things the rest of the world deal with. Well, I got news for you, and I know you can attest to this. That is not the truth. But what it revealed to me was the parallel kind of between the two. Hot's all the way in, cold's all the way out. But I had never really thought about the middle place, which is where I think that a lot of us have a tendency to rest. We go to, I think we talked briefly a little bit about church or putting on the armor of God and, and we put it on and then we think we can take it off um, when we should put it on and leave it on, quite honestly. But what it revealed to me was we hang in that middle section, we hang out in that in-between, if you will, uh, we check the church box on Sunday morning if we go to church and say, you know what, I'm all the way in because I went to church. I'm a good person that does good things. I work hard. I make a good living. I take care of those who are around me. So I'm really all the way in. And then all the way out is somebody who has no desire to have anything to do uh, with Christ. And there are moments even as Christians in our lives where we're we're all the way out and don't realize we're all the way out. It, we take that armor of God off and we just leave it there and say, I, I got this. You know, it's almost like our spiritual disciplines, you know, or when we talk about the, the Holy Trinity, right? I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but that Holy Spirit kind of freaks me out a little bit. And I'll take God and I'll take Jesus, but I'm just not too sure. Well, well really and truly you're rejecting God because they're all, they're all God. And so as I'm looking at these parallels, there was a couple of things that stood out to me. That 
lukewarm is what he says in three, Revelation 3.16. He says, takers of the third approach, lukewarm, is particularly uh, frustrating because we're lukewarm, we're neither hot nor cold. And in Revelation 3.16, he says, you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. And when I heard that, I thought, Wow, I've lived in that place for a long time, and the last thing I want is for God to spit me out of his mouth. Uh, and there's a lot of people who have the wrong view of God, and that's another topic for another day. But I don't know about you, but I don't like to drink a hot Coke, and I really don't like to drink a, a, a lukewarm Coke. I'd rather drink a hot Coke than a lukewarm Coke. And it, if you take a swig expecting an ice-cold ice Coke, you spit it out of your mouth. So I get the... I get the analogy there, if you will. But what it showed me was, man, I got to be all the way in. And it just kind of lines up again with the vision that the Lord's laid on my heart and parallels that, 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 that scripture from chapter 9 where it talks about straddling that windowsill. You're in the middle. We can be in the middle. We can live in that middle place. And when we live there, when we hang out there, we're not living that rich and satisfying life that Jesus died to give us. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I came so that you could have life and have an abundant life. Uh, one version says a rich and satisfying life. The world has really destroyed what rich and satisfying means. But at the end of the day, if I've got him, if I've got him, I've, I have a rich and satisfying life. And so for me, all the way in is, is, is being, being the hands and feet of Jesus, but walking the way Jesus walked, talking the way Jesus talked. And, and the interesting part, if you go down to Hebrews 4.15, we have this misconception that Jesus was this high priest that you know wore these these grand robes and that he was just he was just mighty he was mighty don't get me wrong but i think we have this wrong vision of jesus that he was this just this calm humble you know always in the lotus position you know you know t talking and praying to god and he did those things but he was also a great warrior that led the way that and so what hit me was if we want to be all the way in it doesn't really require much so the best place to figure out how to be all the way in for jesus and walk with jesus is just get out the word and study the life of jesus if you're having problems with leadership how did jesus lead how did he lead how did he comfort how did he address tense situations? How did he deal with problems or scenarios that we all deal with every single day? And you might say, oh, Jesus didn't have to deal with the things I have to deal with. Well, listen, he was tempted by, the, by Satan, and yet he did not sin. He was tempted continually by Satan when he was in the wilderness, but he did not sin. And you might say, well, he was perfect. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. But what made him perfect was the perfect God. And he leaned on God. And his response to every situation that came his way was what? My father said. My father said. And so if we can learn to say the things the father says and do the things the father does, we can be all the way in. 
and not be one of these people that are referred to by society as you're one of those holy rollers. Well, let me, let me correct you on that. I'm different, but I'm not some person that thinks I'm better than you. You can have what I have. It's yours for the taking. All you have to do is ask. But to be all the way in doesn't require much. Just study Jesus. Look at how Jesus did it and then try to walk in those same footsteps. That is powerful. That is powerful. That's so true. And you go back to, <clears throat> I love the illustration the Lord gave you of a lukewarm church. Because really, if you when you look at Revelation, the, the third chapter, you see that there was a reason why they were lukewarm. Right. Lord said, because you say that you are, I think, rich and have need of need of nothing. Right. So they were self-consumed. Absolutely. A lot of pride and and stuff was their god. Kind of sounds like the world we live in today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and uh, the church of Laodicea being the seventh church there, which typifies the end time church. So you you're dead on. So that's what it is in today's world. Uh, that's a picture of today's modern day church that is full of stuff. And they have actually programmed Jesus out of the building. Absolutely. Because at the end of Revelation 3, that, that same account, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> and he was talking to the people in the church. Yes. You put me out of the church. Yes. You know, so it was that, that lukewarm attitude. Yes. You don't want me. You don't want, to, you don't want what I can offer you. It's interesting you bring up that analogy because about three years into the church plant, um, I can remember calling my pastor because it was just a fantastic Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about. One of those Sunday mornings where it's like, whoa, the Spirit was here today. And I called him and I said, whoa, the Holy Spirit showed up today. And what struck me was his response. He said, I hope he shows up every week. And I think what I was relying on in that moment was a feeling, was a feeling. I could feel the Holy Spirit. Well, just because you can't feel the Holy Spirit doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not there. Just like when I shared this, um, this epiphany, if you will, based on God's Word and that devotional that I received with that group of men last night, I thought I shared, Lord, what I feel like you wanted me to share with these guys. And it was, it was kind of melancholy in the room. There was no, you know, uh, you know, we preachers get going when somebody hollers, amen, preach, you know, that's good. It wasn't like that. It was kind of melancholy. But about, I think I explained to you before we started, about 20 minutes after we were done and everybody was gone, one of the guys that was there called me and he said, I really needed to hear that word. And the cool part was it wasn't my word. It was his word that he laid on my heart. And then to be all in, for instance, means to, if the Lord lays something on your heart to share, you share it. Don't you hold back. And it could be something as simple as talk to that person at the gas pump right there. Well, what do I talk about? Just talk. Just open your mouth. I can remember at one point when I was praying for the Lord, to, I, I wanted my prayer language. I was like, Lord, give me my prayer language. And I talked to my pastor again, and he's like, uh, well, did you get it? I said, no, I've been praying and praying and praying and it just hasn't come. And he said, did you open your mouth? <laughs> and so I, I opened my mouth the next time I prayed for it and he filled my mouth. To your point, we as a church, 
have shut Jesus out of the building. We as men have shut Jesus out of our lives because we're men. I can do this. I can handle this. I can take care of this. Now, Lord, I might need you in this area over here because it's a little bigger than me. No, I need him in my everyday mundane life. I, I, I just, I can't without him. I, I, he is the vine and we're the branches. And if we're disconnected from the vine, the branch will die. And so I'm just so excited about the revelation that the Lord just keeps sharing with me. And, and I'm seeing this, I don't even like to use the word ministry, but I, that, which is why we called it a men's movement. But I'm seeing this men's movement just expand right before my eyes. And it's not my doing, it's not my work, it's my obedience to Him in, in saying, okay, Lord, I don't want to start something new. I want to find what you're already doing and I want to be a part of it. Because the Lord is prodding the hearts of men every single day and we've either become deaf to it or we've completely blocked it out. And He's there. He's there. He's knocking on that door. Mm -hmm. I think that one thing, one thing that that hinders a lot of men or hinders people, but we're talking about men, is that they we get comfortable and we don't realize that there's something more. Mm. In the, in that church, they said we're rich, we have need of nothing. Mm. But Lord said, don't you know that you are that you're poor, you're mm. naked, you're miserable, you know. So for us to say this is it. And we, I guess, well, we mentioned it last time. I think that there is no hunger because God can do infinitely more. He is the infinite and he wants to bring us more. He wants to show there's so much he wants to put in our, into our lives. But if we don't pull on him for more, if we don't labor in prayer and get in the word. Yes. And let, let him just expand it. Let the spirit speak to us. There's those yeah. visualizations again. Yeah, yeah. I believe that we think we don't need more because we stay full all the time. The problem is we stay full of the wrong things. And those things satisfy temporarily, but they don't satisfy the soul. And, and, and we're so consumed with everything around us in this world that we live in. And I watched our children be consumed at, to the point where if there's not some form of entertainment available, they're bored. They're bored. I, I have to be entertained. I have my my mind and my brain have to be stimulated constantly. M men are not immune from that either. And Satan knows what our bowl of stew is. You know, one of the things I talk about sometimes is, you know. The birthright was sold for a bowl of stew. Yeah. And so we have Good. to ask ourselves as yeah. men, yeah. what is your bowl of stew? What is that thing? And it could be many things, but what is that thing that would cause you to give up everything for that bowl of stew? What's your stew? And so, again, I can ramble. I can go on and on and on. No, that's, that's really good. And run down many yeah. trails, but I think yeah. ultimately they all kind of tie back to what the Lord 
is sharing here in Revelation. And then in Hebrews, you know, uh, it, it talks about um, Jesus went through a lot of things. And we as men go through a lot of things. But he doesn't expect us to do more than we can do. He just expects us to do what he's called us to do. And as men, we talked about this the last time, we're called to be gatekeepers. I, I love your analogies again where, you know, we're, we're on the wall. We're on watch on the wall. And we decide what comes in and what goes out. Um, but that's got to that's gotta start with you as a man. I decide what comes in and what goes out, and, and I'm going to filter that through what does Jesus say needs to come in, and what does Jesus say needs to go out, because if I'm not doing that, then I'm filling myself with things that are not of Him, mm -hmm. and if we become so full that there's no room for Him, mm -hmm. then we've lost. So true. So true. That's one thing about being full of the wrong things, you won't be able to recognize the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, we we lost our ability to filter, to filter out things. We have, and as men, we can attack our families, attack the wife, attack the children, and then cuddle the devil. Yeah, without even realizing. Without even realizing. Yeah, we can bring trash with us from from the world. Maybe we had a bad day, and the family's at home. They're waiting. And one wrong thing said, or what we perceive as wrong thing, and then we blow up. Right. Don't you know what kind of day I had? Blah, blah, blah. We can go on to that. Right. But at the end of the day, we're still there to protect and to love and to serve. Right. So right. that's powerful. And looking at also, I think James, James 4, maybe verse 7, where it says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yes. If we're not all in, we're not submitted. And when the devil comes, we'll have no power to resist him. Amen. No power. Amen. And then we go running back in our cave. I did something wrong. <laughs> you know? And we as men do not like to admit when we're wrong. Mm -hmm. we, we absolutely do not. Because we see it as a sign of failure. Mm -hmm. And I got news for you. The more of it I try to take on, the more of it I try to do and handle on my own, the more failures I have. But the more I submit to him, you know, you said it from James chapter four, submit to Christ, submit to him, right? And the devil will flee from you. Well, the devil's there and we don't even know he's there because we haven't submitted to Christ. And that world will satisfy you, but it's a temporary satisfaction. It's, it's like, the you know, if I could just have a bigger house or if I could just have a better job if I could just and then you get those things and you're still empty you're empty because you're trying to fill a void in your heart that's designed for Jesus to fit in I did that with my wife early on in our marriage you know it's like you're supposed to be my everything and I made I tried to make her my God and I got news for you she will let you down she will fail you because she is not designed to be that for you. God and God alone is designed to be that for you. And when he's in the right place and, and there's order established, mm -hmm. man, yeah. Yeah. man. Yeah. Power flows. Power, 
Ooh, power, power definitely flows. It does. And I love that illustration. Let me let me go with that. Sure. Because we can put people in wrong places. Yes. I said this before. You've heard that movie with think Jerry Maguire, at the end of it, you know, with Tom Cruise, and I forgot the lady's name. But anyway, at the end of the movie, he he's going back to her and he says says to her this famous line, "You complete me. <laughs> you complete me." Yeah. You know. And it sounds very romantic, but at the end of the day, it is wrong as two left shoes. Amen. <laughs> because if the wife completes you, again, if we're looking at her to be our sole source. Right. And not depending on the father. Right. She will never be able to meet every single need. No. Even we go if we go to those private times between husband and wife. Right. We can have times where we are really amped up. And we're expecting the wife, hey, you need to fulfill all of this. Yes. You need to do this. Uh-huh. But there's only so much she can do. Right. And then after the after the session, so to speak, mm-hmm. is completed, right. we can get up from that and go look at some porn. Yep. Yep. And go look at something else. Yeah. She can never fulfill that spot. Right. Only Christ can fulfill that. Right. And you we know, so we wind up never satisfied. Oh always never satisfied trash only christ can fill amen. that spot in your life amen, amen. yeah we have, that's why we have to be all in yeah. or we'll live dry helpless lives that in-between spot is a dangerous place to be mm-hmm. it really is oh yeah, yeah because you're not you're not hot you're not cold you're mm-hmm. not all the way in yeah you're not even all the way out yeah you're just kind of floating in the yeah. middle yeah exactly it's a dangerous place to be I mean, there's so much imagery in that because I did a little research, research on that um, because the Laodicean church, of course, they were in Laodicea and there, there were two neighboring towns, right? One was Colossae and Colossae was known for its uh, snow peaked mountains right. and the, you know, when the snow would melt, it would run down the mountain and it would deliver to the city of Colossae cold water. Right. And there was Heropolis, Heropolis. Uh, I think they were to the north or to the south, one of them. But anyway, they were known for its hot, hot healing springs. Right. Get in the spring, you feel, you feel just uh, healed and body feels better. And so uh, Laodicea didn't have its own water source. Right. Uh, historians say, of course, I wasn't there, but historians say that they built their own aqueduct aqueduct system right and they made them out of stone so they would actually have to pipe in these waters from these towns right and about time the water got there to Laodicea if it was cold in the beginning now it's lukewarm right if it was hot in the beginning and I believe it was five miles or five to ten miles away they had to pipe these in right so hot in the beginning but now it's lukewarm right and so the Lord was saying you will like your water (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're you're late. You're late to the party. You know, this is this is not good for anything. Right. And even there's another account too. Um, another historians would say, because I did a little bit of that, but would say that in that time period, people would serve their guests either warm liquids or cold liquids, right? Depending on the season, right? And if you serve them something lukewarm, it was a sign of disrespect. I could see that. I don't, I mean, they didn't honor you. And so you gave your guests this drink. If it's hot outside, they were expecting something cold. Sure. Some, I believe they would set some snow or something like that around the beverage to keep it cold for their guests. Right. 
but they, they serve them something lukewarm, either in the winter or in the summer. If the guest comes and gets this, they feel disrespected, and then they leave. Right. So the Lord's saying simply, you disrespecting me. <laughs> I love the imagery. Yeah, you disrespecting me, so he's outside. Those stories that we find in, in, in the Bible, and I use that term loosely, stories, because they're, they're truth, they're, yeah. they're real accounts. But those tellings, uh, when Jesus taught, he taught in parables. And the parables related to the crowd that he was talking to, right? When, when he talked about being fishers of men, he, he was talking to fishermen. And it's like, okay, now my ears are perked up because you're talking about something I know and I understand. And so that imagery works very, very well. Um, just like the imagery that the Lord showed me in Acts chapter 20 about, you know, straddling the windowsill. That's pretty clear to anybody. If you're in a two-story building, you know, a multiple-story building, and you're straddling a window, there's one of two places you can go. You can fall in or you can fall out. And, and if, if you're not straddling the window, you're either outside on the ground or you're all the way in. And that all-in thing just will not go away. That imagery will not go away. But I think it's imagery that any man that's breathing air in this world we live in today could understand. I agree. Because we, we know that we're living in the end times. Yeah. And football language, hey, we're right here at the goal. Yeah. And the devil is sending out all of his blockers, his goal line defense, trying to stop us from making that score, from making the next touchdown. Yes. And so because Jesus is soon to come, whether it's tomorrow or next week or 10 years from now, I don't know if it's going to go that long, but if it does, you know, it's up to us to be all in and give the Lord yes. all that he is due. Yes. Give him all the glory. Yes. Because the time will come when we will not have these earthly bodies. We'll have new bodies and we'll stand before him. And I want to hear him say, well done, now good and faithful servant. Amen. That's what I want to hear, too. Yeah. You were all in. Yeah. Not halfway in, not floating in the middle. You were all the way in. Yeah. Yeah, that is really good. That is really good. So we just want to encourage you today, my friend, those of you that are listening from all around the world, just to be all in. Let the Lord Jesus have it and realize that he has something more in store for you. You haven't reached a point. You haven't reached the zenith. You haven't reached the heights of it yet. No matter how good you think it has been, believe me, it can be billions, millions, trillions times so much better. Yes. So much better. Yes. So what would you say to the man that is right now, in fact, living that lukewarm life? He's straddling that window. He's he's maybe has a good paying job, maybe has a nice car, he has a wife, a couple of cute kids. Right. And he just feels empty inside. What would you say to that man? I would say, look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, and that's what the Lord kept pointing me back to as I was sharing with, with that group of men I was talking with last night. Study, study Jesus. Look, look, at, look at the life of Jesus. And you might say, well, I don't like to read. The cool thing is there's this app out there called YouVersion. And it has every translation of the Bible. And if you're not a reader, you might say, well, I just really don't like to read. You can literally open up the, the Bible on the phone, hit play, and it'll read it to you. 
So I, I love that no matter what stage you're in, whether you like to read, don't read, whatever, we have in this country we live in, we have access to the word in so many different platforms. And I would say, look at Jesus. Look, look, look in the gospels, right? Start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I like to tell people a lot of times, start in first John and, and just spend some time. But just, and you don't have to get overly detailed, but just look at the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus was a man's man. Jesus was a carpenter. He worked. He worked hard. Um, and he, But he did what God called him to do. And he ran across situations where he knew what his purpose was. He knew where he was supposed to be headed. And he didn't let the detractors deter him. On the right or the left, he stood up when he needed to stand up. He was humble when he needed to be humble. He addressed things that needed to be addressed. I think that's one of the biggest problems with men is we love peace, right? And, 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 and when things are not peaceful, we don't address them or attack them head on. And I don't mean in the wrong way, in a condescending way. I mean, we, so I would say to, to that man, you know, you're describing there, you might look around and say, I got everything I need. And what I can tell you is this, the Lord wants us to have the desires of our heart. He does. But He doesn't want us to have those things without Him. He does not want us to make those things our God. Because God's a God of order and He's a jealous God. And you might think, man, I've got it all together. I've got what the world says. I am successful. I, got, I, I can tell you right now that as long as I had Jesus, as long as I had Jesus, my life would be complete. Whether I'm living in the forest or in the finest of finest houses, I can tell you where in the Word it says, Jesus is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And then it says, nobody gets to the Father except, except by, by me. But what that says to me is this, not only is He the way, He's the better way. And, and speaking from experience, having been at both ends of the spectrum, having nothing and then having everything from a material standpoint and a worldly standpoint, those things are all well and good. But I can tell you my life with Jesus is so much better than it was without Jesus. It's about perspective. It really and truly is. My perspective on life has changed because of Jesus. And I see through a different set of lenses. It's almost like, you know, you and I both wear glasses. I don't see very clearly with my glasses off, but when I'm there on, boy, I can see clearly. If, we'll, if you'll think about Jesus as a set of lenses that helps you see things in a different light, you might find that what you think is so bad, what you think is so terrible, is not as bad as you think it is because he's right there with you walking through it every step of the way. So I, I just, I would say that look at Jesus. I, I would even issue a challenge. Take the next seven days and just re, read through the Gospels. Again, if you don't read, hit play on the YouVersion Bible app and just think about it. I use a 
Wayne Cordero wrote a book called The Divine Mentor. Fantastic book, one of my favorites. But he created this thing called SOAP, S-O-A-P. And what SOAP stands for is Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. So maybe pick a couple chapters in the gospel, read through them. So that's the scripture part. What did I observe when I read that? And then how can I apply, that's the A part, how can I apply what I observe to my everyday life and then seal it with prayer? Talk to the Lord and say, Lord, here's what I read. Here's what I believe I observed. I'm going to attempt to apply this to my life and I need your help. I, I, I need you to guide me through this. And I promise you that at the end of that seven days, if your life is not so much better than it is today, I'd almost say I'd give it, it's a money back guarantee, but, but you're not giving me any money. So, <laughs> but, but I will tell you, I can assure you that your life will be so much better. Amen. Amen. I, I hope that you receive that challenge. Uh, soap, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. That's right. That is powerful. It is. That is powerful. I wish I could say I came up with it, but. <laughs> well, well, it's in you now. It is so good. It's in you. It is good. My friends, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back again and, uh, and just really just dive into even further men's related issues. Yes. Because men are hurting. Yes. And there's a reason why men hurt because Christ is not there. That's right. There's what old song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. You know, and I think in too many faces or something like that. But that's what it is. So true. Trying to find what you need in all these different places. And it's, I call it like swiping the devil's credit card. Oh, oh you can have it. Yeah. But it has so much interest attached to it. No doubt. You spend the rest of your life trying to pay back something that now doesn't even work anymore. What was it, Sears and Roebuck, they used to talk about when those were the one of the very few cards out there or mm -hmm. financing plans? Yeah. I think somebody called it the Sears Never Never Plan. You finance it and then you never ever pay it back yeah. because there's so much interest attached to it. Yeah. So what you're saying is so true. Yeah, yeah. And that, and really, I mean, that's another conversation altogether, but debt is modern day slavery. Amen. And the world is trying so, so hard to get people into debt. Oh, yeah. Get it now, pay it later. I think in Walmart up in Canada, I think it was Walmart or Sam's, Sam's Club, they, they started in-store uh, pay-later plans <laughs> in Walmart. Wow. Going back to the dollar, I mean, going back to the general store type mentality right, right. where the workers would come in and they would buy groceries throughout the week, put it on my tab, put it on my tab. Right. At the end of the week when they got paid, just about all their money went to the store. Right which meant they couldn't pay their bills, which continued the cycle of poverty. And they, was, they were simply working for debt. Yes. They were not able to move forward, not able to go ahead. Right. I mean, to, to go ahead in life or grow, they were just stuck. Yes. And that's that, that's that mentality. It is. Yeah. Wow. I will also tell you, we have our Facebook page up and running. So I would tell those of you listening to in Facebook, search for All In Men's Movement. Just do a search and you will find our page. You'll see the All In logo is our profile picture. Um, I think the cover photo is a group of men from the last conference. It's a picture from behind of all the men at the front laying hands on one another and praying at the front of the, at the conference. It was a great time. And then our Instagram page is up and running as well. Uh, be patient with us. We're working on 
uh, getting some content there and those sorts of things. But again, search for All In Men's Movement there as well and, and you'll find it on Instagram. For, yeah, we're gonna set up the event in Facebook uh, for the men's conference that's coming April 19th and 20th of 2024. So excited about that. All of the details will be posted there as well as we can share uh, through the podcast relevant information, if you will, working on getting a website up and running and all those sorts of things just so we can share the gospel with men. That is too cool. Yeah. Excited. Moving forward, moving strong. Amen. All right. Well, would you like to to pray us out and pray for the pray for that young man or that older gentleman that is listening right now who's in that lukewarm place? Absolutely. Father, we come before you right now. Lord, where your word says where two or more are gathered in in your name, there you are in the midst of them. Lord, we know that you are here. We know that you are present. Lord, we know that you hear the prayers of your people. And Lord, we come before you today as men. And I ask that those that may be out there, Lord, that are listening to this podcast, that their heart has been touched and there's a feeling of lukewarmness in them, Lord, that maybe through a sense of conviction has rose up in them just by uh, listening today, Lord, that you would touch them, Lord, at their point of need, that you would provide them with clarity of the steps that they should take, Lord, that you would guide and lead and direct their paths, Lord, in the way that they should go. Father, I ask that you touch them, that you fill them with your spirit, Lord, where they know and they fully and completely understand that you are there and that you are real and that they can be all in for you if they just submit themselves to you. Lord, as men, we don't like to submit to many things, but Lord, we know that if we submit ourselves to you, that the devil will flee from us. Father, I know that men are under attack in this world that we live in today. Lord, I pray your hedge of protection around each and every man out there so that he is protected when he comes, when he goes in the city, Lord, in the country, in his workplace, Lord, in his home, that he will be filled with you and you alone, Lord, that you prompt him and prod him, Lord, to be all the way in for you. Not, not hot, not cold, not, not lukewarm especially, but all the way in, that they're on fire for you, that they walk the path that you have called them to walk. Lord, I just ask that you fill them with your spirit and that you move in a great and mighty way through all of the things that you are currently doing, Lord, that we have attached ourselves to. We thank you for it and we give you praise and honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, that wraps up another broadcast right here at the Kingdom Rock Network here in the All In Men's Movement podcast. Make sure you join us next time and share this podcast with a friend so that they may be blessed and encouraged. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you. And so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. This has been Mark Stroud. And Pastor Jay. All right. And we will see you on the next time. All right. Bye-bye.